Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneke Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. I think it's really important to note that popularity is not influence. Having a lot of followers doesn't mean you have any influence. It sounds a bit counterintuitive, but when you look at influence, you have to look at it in a relative lens. So what are you in, in influential in, right? What kind of topic? You know, one of my favorite examples, I would trust my hairstylist for advice on hairstyles and trends. I won't necessarily trust my lawyer to give me that same advice, right? But I will trust my lawyers to give me advice in legal matters. It works in a very sort of similar way, right? Um, trust is really relative and trust is what drives influence. Hi, this is Henneko. I'm so glad you took the time to stop by today. In Jamaican parlance, walk one. Me glad to say a dial. This episode is sponsored by HennekeWatkesporter.com as well as the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Now on HennekeWatkesporter.com, you can visit us for blogs, resources, books, online podcast courses, podcasts, and more. If you are new to the Entrepreneur Liu podcast, be sure to check out past episodes with guests such as John Lee Dumas, Patrice Washington, Seth Godin, Richard Branson, Amy Porterfield, and a host of other game changers. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. And now, here's today's episode. Influencers, they are the best thing since sliced bread. But forget bread. They're selling like hotcakes. They're creating huge returns and they're only set to keep growing. Emily Warnow. Greetings, my peak performer. I trust that you're doing okay. You're doing more than okay, actually. I trust that you're doing great and that you're staying safe. I want to welcome you to episode 203 of the Entrepreneur You podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Henico Watkins-Porto. Today's episode is with Eric Dahan, and Eric is a CEO and co-founder of Open Influence and a key authority in the influencer marketing space. Eric is a Forbes 30 Under 30 recipient, and his company has been recognized as one of Inc.'s 5,000 list of fastest growing companies in America for two years in a row, 2018 and 2019. His company's clients include huge names like Disney, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Unilever, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, L'Oreal, and 
Under Armour, just to name a few. I'm looking forward to our conversation on influencer marketing. What's in it for my business? Welcome, Eric. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure. Before we start our convo on the topic, uh, what would you do if you visited Jamaica tomorrow? Oh, man, I'd, I'd, I'd be loving life. <laughs> um, I'd be in the water, on the beach, um, and, and as far away from my laptop and cell phone as possible. Yes, yes, I totally agree with you. Being away from the laptop and the cell phone and the electronics, the devices, it's, you know, it can be so taxing on the system, believe it or not, on the brain. And, you know, we just feel so connected all the time. It, it's, it's really good to get away. So I wish that happens for you very, very soon. I've had a couple of Forbes 30 under 30 honorary on this program. And it's always nice to hear their perspective, their experience of what it has been like, what has been the journey, because I know it's a big deal. So tell me a little bit about your um, Forbes story, Eric. With Forbes, someone nominated us to, to be a part of it. They have different categories. And, and fortunately for, for me and, uh, and my, my other co-founders, a few people thought we were interesting enough to nominate and, and we got it. Um, so I was very happy about, about that. But, you know, when we started the company, um, you know, uh, it was really all an accident, right? So we, we weren't planning on getting into influencer marketing. Actually, at the time, I was uh, in my last year of, of college, and I had a, uh, an app, a daily deal app uh, that I was working on. And so the idea behind this business was We'd aggregate all the different deals on the web from all the different daily deal sites um, that were pretty popular at the time. So, you know, think about uh, Rulala and Hotlook and Guilt Group and, and all those companies out there that were, were selling these sort of flash sales and daily deals. Um, and so we created an experience where we'd aggregate that uh, and really give the user a customized experience where we'd only show them deals that were relevant to them. And uh, the challenge we had with that business, once we, we got the app built, was um, going out and raising money to really scale it. Okay, and Eric, before we go more into that, I really wanted to get the, a sense of the Forbes 30 under 30 experience. So is that a part of the story? Ah, so let me backtrack that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and your experience. Itself, yeah, I, I mean, my, my experience with this, we just... I guess got nominated and and became a part of it. Um, and you know the the first, you know the, I guess the first time it really kind of felt tangible after getting, um, you know nominated and, and approved was going to the Forbes conference uh, in Boston, and that was a really amazing experience. Um, I was surrounded by, you know, a lot of fantastic entrepreneurs across so many different industries. And it was actually quite funny because, um, you know, there were, there were different events throughout the day and different speakers and conferences. And what I found, um, which is a testament to the people there, I actually just stayed in uh, the tent with the food and, and the bar <laughs> the entire day okay. and was talking to people nonstop. Like I couldn't, I couldn't leave that tent to go sit to, to to sit in on a you know on a conference or on you know listening to a speaker or some sort of session, even though they're all very interesting, uh, I just found myself 
kind of hopping from person to person, just connecting with all these fantastic entrepreneurs and learning so much about them. Mm -hmm. So that seemed like it's one of the, um, the, the, the biggest experience and, you know, one of the, the grandest for, for many people who have spoken to regarding their experience as a Forbes 30 under 30 uh, recipient. Now, the networking value after that event happens, um, is it carried over into, is it your experience that you find it carrying over into your um, your entrepreneurial journey and is it helping you in any way? Yeah, you know, I, I think like anything in life, um, you know, what, what you put in is what you get back, right? Um, and so, um, you know, I, I know some people that got it and are just not very active and, and don't, you know, they, they don't get a lot out of it because they're not taking advantage of, of that opportunity and that network. Um, I know others that have, you know, dove in 110%. I, you know, I, I found that really the, the main value is just connecting with like-minded entrepreneurs. Uh, and I, and I remember at the time there was a, a real sense of comfort. Um, and, and it was a bit of an eye-opening experience when I saw all these other young entrepreneurs where I was thinking, okay, um, you know, I, I'm not one of a handful of people, right? Um, I'm not one of a handful of young entrepreneurs. There are actually quite a few, and this is great. And I have a peer group. And the challenges that I was going through at the time were very similar to the challenges they were going through. Uh, and the experiences they were having were very similar. So um, I, I think it's, you know, from a, from a value standpoint, you know, it, it's, um, you know, you meet great people in that network and you, you stay in touch and, uh, and you kind of grow with them. And it just opens your eyes, too, to, to different businesses, how different things are done, which I personally find very exciting. Absolutely. I'm sure it is. So let's talk about influencer marketing, right? Um, mm -hmm. Before we do that, just give us a little insight into your business. And then we talk about influencer marketing and what that really is. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, we're, you know, I'll, I'll start with, with the, the influencer marketing piece and dive in a little more to, to how we approach it. Right. Um, if that's okay. That's um, absolutely fine. So, yeah. So, so influencer marketing, uh, you know, you're, you're working with, with people on social media and having them uh, create branded content, right? And what that looks like, um, you know, it could be someone on Instagram with 15,000 followers talking about, a new hair care product. It could be someone on YouTube with 2 million followers talking about, um, you know, a, a, a new uh, chip for a computer, for a gaming PC, right? Um, you know, and, and that really spans. I think what's really important to think about is, you know, when did we, um, you know, as a society, as people make the jump from these sort of traditional celebrities to influencers? And this really happened, uh, when one, the social platform started coming out and making uh, fame much more accessible, right? Anyone can go and create content, become famous. Uh, and two, uh, that was accelerated with the mobile revolution. So when you had social platforms built around the smartphone and everyone had a smartphone in their pocket, it really made it easy for everyone to create and share content. And with that, so many people emerged as influencers. And so it's really the democratization of fame, right? We're not, when you look at a traditional celebrity, 
you have a whole host of decision makers in that process. You have uh, producers, you have directors, you have casting directors, you have film studios and, or record labels, and you know, so you have all these sort of gatekeepers to decide who becomes famous and who and who doesn't, right? And in this new world, anyone can just go on and share content, and if it's good, um, you know, they'll they'll gain a following um, if people are interested, right? And so, uh, influencer marketing is really a byproduct of that trend where we're saying instead of um, you know, creating a branded piece of content that's, you know, typically disruptive, right? Where if you're watching a TV commercial, uh, you would, it would disrupt the show you're watching to show you an ad or you're scrolling through a website and you're disrupted with an ad, right? Um, with influencer marketing, the, the sponsorship is integrated in the content itself. Uh, and it's, and it's being told and shared through someone you trust. So it's someone you trust making a recommendation for a product, helping you discover new things, and it's an extremely effective form of marketing. Um, you know, looking at you know where we fit in and what we do. So the approach we've taken is we've built out uh, a demand side uh, influencer marketing company, and what that means is uh, we're not a talent agency. We don't represent talent. We actually represent the brands and the advertisers, and our job is to help them navigate this new ecosystem uh, of content creators and of influencers to be as effective as possible. And so to do that, we have uh, you know, now 1.2 million influencers. We have um, you know, an extensive database tracking every piece of content they produce and finding out where their influence lies. Uh, and we're able to surface the right influencers for every project. Uh, we have pricing information, and then we have a whole host of workflow management tools and a system that we've built to help make it really effective to engage and reach out to influencers. Mm-hmm. So as you work for these companies, like you said, there's a distinction because uh, I've spoken to other influencer um, marketers before, and they would tell me that they're actually working with the influences themselves right uh, mm-hmm. but you are making the point that you actually work with the companies so let's say for example um, well the question is how do you on behalf of your client uh, reach out to an influencer to work with them on a particular um, campaign or whatever it is that they're doing what are you looking for when you're looking for these influencers and how does one become a part of your um, database yeah yeah, and, and it's important um, looking at you know the difference between focusing on the town and the brand. I think to take a step back, right? Ultimately, what we're doing is we're connecting brands and influencers, right? But um, the importance of of being, you know, defining ourselves as demand side is we ultimately know that in any sort of marketplace or ecosystem, um, you know, you you your goal is focus on on you know. You know, one key party. So the same way, for example, Amazon. Um, yes, they, their job is to help connect consumers and merchants, but really, they're focused on the consumer because they know that if they do a really good job making the experience as great as possible for the consumer, consumers will spend more on Amazon, and the Amazon merchants would do better. And so we take a very similar approach um, from that standpoint. And in terms of what that looks like. Um, for brands and, and how we engage with influencers. So the first thing as we go through 
identifying an influencer. It's understanding what is really important for that brand and what are they looking to solve and what are their goals and then finding the right influencer. So to give you an example, when we work with a fitness brand, um, you know, let, let's say it's, um, you know, let, let, let's say it's a, a brand that's focused on the, you know, uh, cross fitness, uh, CrossFit market, right? Uh, we'll find influencers that we know post content at the gym. They're actually working out. They're not just taking selfies at the gym, right? Um, we'll, we'll use our technology to identify that. So we'll, we'll use our image recognition to surface up influencers that are actually doing that. We'll do it. We'll run our text analysis as well um, to get a sense of like the kind of um, messaging they have around it, right? Like are these real recommendations that they're making and then we map that against how their audience reacts to that kind of content. So if we know, okay, on average, this influencer, when they talk about fitness uh, and, 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 you know, CrossFit and, you know, and make recommendations around those subjects, their audience really engages and really leans forward as opposed to, you know, when they talk about something else, right? And then so we could, then we are able to identify and surface the influencers that, perform the best and whose audience trusts them the most when they talk about those specific topics. Um, and so, um, uh, and, and then from there, in terms of how we act, it actually works, you know, we have a really extensive database of influencers. Um, some uh, influencers are people that have reached out to us that said, hey, sign me up, I want to be an influencer. But, you know, some are, and, and many are people that we've proactively identified that haven't necessarily signed up, but we we know that they have influence, and we know, um, you know that you know that that they're worth adding into our system. And so, ultimately, what we wanted to build was a really comprehensive system where we have a full lay of the influencer landscape, and we could easily access the different talent involved. And so, on the talent side, we're often working directly with influencers. Uh, occasionally we'll work with, with talent agencies and managers. It just really all depends on what that influencer's preference is in terms of how we work with them. Right. So um, in, the, in the sphere of things, what does influence really mean? Is it that, okay, this person has to have X number of followers um, or they could have a limited number of followers, but they have uh, high engagement? What does influence really mean when you, when you speak about influencer marketing? Yeah, yeah, I, I love that question because um, I think it's really important to note that uh, popularity is not influence. Having a lot of followers doesn't mean you have any influence. Um, and it sounds a bit counterintuitive, um, but when you look at influence, you have to look at it in a relative lens. So what are you influence, influential in, right? What kind of topic? Um, you know, and one of, you know, one of my favorite examples, uh, you know, I, I would trust, uh, you know, my, my hairstylist for, uh, advice on, on hairstyles and trends, right? I won't necessarily trust my lawyer to give me that same advice, right? But I will trust my lawyer to give me advice in legal matters. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it works in a very sort of similar way, right? Um, trust is really relative and trust is what drives influence. And uh, the audience side is, is, not, is not relevant to that, right? You could have 100 followers that really trust you, 
or 10,000 or 100,000, it's all the same, right? You could have 100,000 followers and only, you know, 10 really trust you in a certain subject matter. So uh, that's really the nuance that, that makes all the difference in the world when engaging with influencers. And I can't tell you how many times, um, especially in their early days, brands would come to us and say, we want to work with this person. He or she has, you know, two million followers are great. And then we look and we're like, this, this person is not a match for your brand at all. This person has no trust communicating, um, you know, uh, well, a- anything around your value proposition. Um, this influencer would be a better match for, for maybe another brand, but not for yours. Um, but yeah, I, I think the big takeaway is, uh, is influence is trust. It's not popularity. Very big takeaway. Influence is trust. It's not popularity because a lot of people, um, they're mistaken, um, you know, and particularly I, I see it happening in the Caribbean where, you know, influence is being um, perceived as however many millions of followers or hundreds of thousands of followers or so on. So thank you for clearing that up, Eric. Now, in terms of a compensation, how does compensation work for an influencer? Um, is it is it products? Is it um, is it cash? Is it what is it? Or is it a combination of all of those things? When the industry was first starting out, um, it was very product driven and just gifts, right? Um, and it was also that was also a time when, for influencers, the idea of getting free stuff was so novel, right? Hey, someone's willing to give me free stuff. Wow! <laughs> um, and it was before. It was before I think everyone really understood how valuable having an audience was. I mean, I remember in some early pitch decks that we put together, we would be comparing an influencer's audience to the audience of a magazine, right? So we'd get we, 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 we'd get the, the media kit from a from a publisher, and we'd say, you know, where, where they say, oh, here's how many viewers we have, and here's you know the demographics breakdown and the interest and blah blah blah. And here's how much we're charging per, you know, per, you know, quote unquote, like impression or reader. And we would use a magazine to make the case to sell through the value uh, of influencers and compare them. Like, okay, this magazine has, you know, uh, a, a million subscribers. This influencer has a million subscribers. This magazine's audience is, you know, 70% female, this influences audience is 70% female, right? And so on and so forth. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think coming down to kind of now, um, you know, the, the price, uh, you know, is, is like anything driven by supply and demand. Um, and, you know, you have a whole industry on the advertising side where uh, it's very CPM driven. They're used to buying based off impressions and looking at demographics and psychographic information in a certain way and so that drives it in one part but you know the other part too uh, is just comes down to um again you know what's the category that influencer what are they talking about how many brands are willing to pay to partner with them and and what does that look like and so i think i think there there was a time when this was first starting when you know the rates were extremely low you know we you know Brands were were paying influencers that are now millions of followers like a hundred dollars to post, and it was amazing, right? Um, uh, you know, kind of back then as as they're growing, 
and then and then rates kind of went a little crazy, and I think now they've they've really normalized to closer to what other advertising metrics are. But um, you know, we we spent a lot of time, um, you know, going through our pricing models and setting those formulas up. There's so many different variables to look at, and I'll I'll share just a few. Looking at where, what platforms are they going to be sharing on? What their audience size is? What the impression rates like? Um, you know, what the usage rights are for that content? You know, is the brand going to use it anywhere else? Is there an exclusivity scope involved? Um, so you know, there are just so many different factors uh, that go into it. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, seems like you know it's it's still a lot of fun as well. That's a lot of work, lots of fun, a lot of thoughts, a lot of all of those things. So, as a business, as a small business owner who is listening to this podcast and they're thinking to themselves, hmm, um, influencer marketing is it right for my business? What's in it for my business? Should I consider it? What do you have to say to them? Yeah, you know, I I think I think the question is when it goes to is it right for my business? It's like, well. You know, I, I don't want to say for every single business, but the truth is, in today's world, it, it really is. Um, you know, when you look at where the world's going, there's so many platforms emerging for people to create content of different facets. Right? And to give you a real example, um, you know, for consumer goods, influencer marketing is perfect. Like, and that was sort of the early set like anything consumer facing, right? Because you have influencers in so many different genres talking about so many different things. I mean, anything you can imagine that people can talk about, there's an influencer for that, right? Um, you know, it sounds it, like an app. There's an app for that. <laughs> there's an app for that. Yeah, there, there's an influencer for that. Like if, if there are people interested, um, which typically if there's a company selling something, that that's typically a good sign that there's there's a group of people interested, right? Or that company wouldn't have any customers. And, and if there are people interested, you know, there, there are influencers talking about it. Um, and, you know, and, and kind of looking forward, what we're seeing is now in even the B2B world, which typically was, um, you know, influencer marketing wasn't as, at a point yet where there were enough influencers for that, where, you know, LinkedIn was at a point back then when, um, you know, you had your Bill Gates and Richard Branson's and, and, uh, you know, and a handful of really big name uh, business tycoons and leaders on LinkedIn, but obviously, like they're not going to do a sponsorship, right, for 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 a brand. Um, but you know, kind of fast forward to today, LinkedIn has really developed as a platform where people are sharing, like like you have influencers that are growing, that are just regular entrepreneurs, that are uh, business coaches, that are recruiters, really. It, like so many people have found their voice and that's really opened it up for now this whole new world of B2B influencer marketing that wasn't there before. Um, what you're doing on the podcast side, right? That's a whole new world too. Uh, even though it's, it's, you know, podcasting is not a, a brand new concept. I, I think a lot of brands have been getting more and more familiar with this idea of partnering with, with trusted um, uh, podcasters to, to, to work together and do promotions, right? And so wherever there are people, sh- wherever there's people sharing, uh, there, there's an, there's an opportunity for influencer marketing. Um, awesome. All right, so we are at the tail end of our discussion, um, Eric, Eric yeah. Dahan. It's been my pleasure to have you. 
as we explore influencer marketing. Now, what I want you to close out with, I mean, you've pretty much given your final thoughts about, uh, you know, whether or not it's right for, for businesses and so on. So I'd love for you to share your contact details. How might my community get in touch with you after this conversation is over and they want to further engage? Go right away and sh- ahead and share that. Yeah, yeah. So um, you could find me and follow me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's probably the social platform I'm most active on. Uh, just type in Eric Dahan, E-R-I-C, and then Dahan is D-A-H-A-N. Uh, or you feel free to email me directly at eric at openinfluence.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you, my peak performer, for tuning in to this episode with Eric Dahan. I look forward to connecting with you next week. In the meantime, however, I'd love the opportunity to coach you one-on-one to start your podcast or if you want to launch a business or leadership, uh, whatever the journey that you want to be on as it relates to leadership, podcasting and entrepreneurship, I am the person to take you along on for that ride on the journey to you leveling up. Or if you really want to join my upcoming mastermind uh, group that is coming in a couple weeks, then certainly visit hennikawatchesport.com and send me a message right from my homepage. That's a WhatsApp message that you can, there's an icon there. All you have to do is click on it, send a message. It comes directly to my phone. I'll be happy to get back to you and help you on your journey. And this week's point of hope. Let all that you do be done in love. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 14. What good?